podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday during an international break. So that's nice, isn't it? Fucking great. Um, I, I can't be arsed talking about international football because it's just so utterly irrelevant to me at this point. Um, congrats to Scotland, though. They did qualify for the Euros, so that's that's really good. Um, Spain qualified. Uh, I, I genuinely actually don't know what happened other than that. So what we're going to do today is we're going to have a quick look at the main Liverpool websites. We'll start with this is Anfield. Uh, there's a piece up, what if, eight games Jurgen Klopp wishes he could replay. Um, I, I it, It's not a bad list, obviously, but I think there's others that will be, that he'd want to replay more. The first one is the 2016 Europa League final. I think he'd like to replay the second half of that for sure. But I think it probably turns out the same because we're still going to have Dejan Lovren shitting himself in central defence. Um, Atletico Madrid against Liverpool at Anfield, the 3-2 second leg game. A game that shouldn't have taken place because of the pandemic that was beginning to rage. If we win that game, I think we go on to win the European Cup. But certain players let us down on the night. Uh, Liverpool 2, Man City 2, October 2021. I don't agree with that. So I would strike that from the record. Um, I would try Brighton 2, Liverpool 2 at Anfield. Uh, Liverpool Brentford 3-3 away. Um, Losing to West Ham. uh, Losing to Leicester. I would say all of those games would be far more far higher on the list of ones to replay in the 2021-22 season because those are the games that cost us the title, not drawing at home with City. Same goes for the Spurs game at the end of that season. There were were four games that cost us the title that year. Um, 2018 Champions League final, I don't agree. They were just a much better team than we were. 2022 Champions League final, absolutely. I'm sure Jurgen would like a do-over, and I'm sure he'd start Naby over Henderson because we're just a much better team with Naby. Uh, Liverpool won, Burnley won <clears throat> July of 2020. This A win here would have made us centurions. We would have got to 101 points. So, yeah, I can I can get on board with that. And Everton nil, Liverpool nil, March of... 2019. So that season, if you look at the games we dropped points in, 
Chelsea away, City home, Arsenal away. Yeah, I mean, there's no bad results there. City away, we lost. That's fair enough. Leicester at home, the 1-1 in January. West Ham away in the following game. They're the two I'd want to replay. Because after that, it's United away and Everton away. We drew both of them nil-nil, but they're our biggest rivals. Leicester, we should have beaten. And I just can't get past the fact that we should have beaten West Ham in that game as well. Go 1-0 up through Mane and let them back in. Same thing happened, obviously, in that Leicester game. But what I would say, particularly about the Leicester game is, and I think I'm... I'm almost certain I'm right in saying this. They sacked their manager like a week later. Brendan Rodgers took over February 8th, I want to say. February 26th. So it was actually, it was three weeks later that they sacked Claude Pugh. They had lost to Southampton. Sorry, lost to Cardiff, beaten Everton, lost to Southampton, lost to Wolves. Then they drew with us. Then they lost to City. Sorry, lost to United, lost to Spurs, lost to Palace, beat Brighton, and then lost to Watford. But they were dreadful. They were dreadful. And somehow we dropped points against them. That's the one I'd want back, that Leicester game. And then I think West Ham that same year. In the, in the following game, that that's another one. Those two, to me, are the ones that stand out as the ones you'd want back from that season. I understand why you'd say Everton, because it's a derby. But Leicester came in in dreadful form. West Ham came in in dreadful form as well. Lost to Watford, beat, West, uh, sorry, beat Southampton. Lost to Burnley, drew with Brighton. Remember, this is Brighton when Brighton were struggling. They did beat Arsenal, but then they lost to Bournemouth, lost to Wolves, drew with us, drew with Palace. We should have won both of those games and we should have won the league. And if we'd won both of those games, we'd have had 101 points that season as well. So there's there's two seasons where we've missed out on going over the 100-point mark. True silliness. Um... Right, what else do we have here? Uh, what Liverpool's official website and others looked like 20 years ago. That's an interesting piece. As uh, a piece about Salah's security guard revealing what it's kind of like to work for Mo. Uh, Harvey Elliott defends Jordan Henderson after Wembley Boo. So Henderson was booed by England fans and the speculation as to why. Uh, some have said it's because well, he plays in Saudi Arabia now. And he shouldn't be in the squad because of that. Uh, some have said it's because he's shit and he shouldn't be in the squad because of that. Others have said it's because he pretended to be an ally of the LGBTQ community, but it turned out he was just using them for his own PR. Uh, the answer is it's all three of those things. That's the the fact of it. Uh, Jurgen Klopp hit with another 48-hour turnaround thanks to joke 1230 Starts obviously we're playing the derby at a twelve thirty kickoff, and then City 
is going to be a 12.30 kickoff after the next international break in November because apparently Greater Manchester Police are unable to police a game in the late evening. That's basically the reason. Um, there's a piece about Dominic. Arsenal interested in Liverpool transfer target Andre as director visits training ground. Now, um, spoke to a couple of Arsenal fans about this over the weekend because this story's been doing the rounds. And their opinion on it is it's not actually Andre that they're looking at. It's a winger that they're trying to buy from Fluminense. Now, they didn't have a name when I asked. So I don't know who the winger would be. But it does make sense. They are a little bit light in terms of wing depth. So it does make sense that they might be just looking for a winger. Arias is the the one one person mentioned. Juan Arias, the Colombian, um, as someone he thinks that they're interested in and have had interest in. Now, he's 26 and he's never played outside South America, so it would be a bit of a gamble to bring him over. But he has been really good since joining um, Fluminense. So maybe it is him. But it could well be Andre. I mean, it could be Andre. The other one it could be, is the one I'd actually like us to be looking at is Alexander. Uh, Like, if you watch them in the Copa Libertadores, Alexander plays with Andre, and Alexander is the primary ball winner, the primary shielder of the defence. In domestic competition, they play this weird diamond that doesn't work, and they're hopeless, hopeless defensively with Andre playing as the defensive midfielder. So, I don't know. I like Andre. I think he's a good player. I think he's a very good player. I I don't really see him making a ton of sense for us. He's not a six. He's not a lone defensive midfielder. He doesn't have the size, the mobility, the defensive awareness. He's... Very ball orientated, leaves massive reams of space either side of himself. Very good on the ball. He is tenacious. If you give him license to go and win the ball, he does that very, very well in the same way Tiago does. But in the same way with Tiago, you play him as a six, he's going to be a liability. Teams will just run past him as if he's not even there. Um, I, I feel like we might have signed Graven Birch instead of him, to be honest. Uh, where else do we go from here? Uh, da, 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 da. Jordan Ibe has a new club. So this is good news. Jordan Ibe has signed for Ebb's Fleet United. He has been a free agent since leaving Turkish second division side Adanaspor last year, having failed to register a competitive appearance. Um, I would like to see Jordan Ibe do well. He hasn't played a game since December of 2020. It's been nearly three years. He's 27. I'd love to see him get himself back on track, even if it's just in the lower leagues. Because that kid had so much talent. 
it's so tough to see what's gone on in his career. You know, he was absolutely flying. England of 21 regular. Leaves us, goes to Bournemouth. Does does okay. Doesn't doesn't live up to the price tag, which, you know, was exceptionally high at the time, 15 million. Since the end of the 2018-19 season, he's played five games of football. Five. This is the fifth season since then. Played four games in 1920. Two in the league, two in the League Cup. Played one championship game after joining Derby. And hasn't kicked the ball since. Now he has suffered dreadfully with his mental health. I'm really hopeful that he's out the far side of that. And uh, I guess I'm going to have to find uh, how to watch an Ebbsfleet Town game at some point. Because I want to see the lad do well. Uh, Right. What we're going to do now. Someone asked me to do this the other day, and I thought, I should have a look and see. It was basically, after the whole Hazard-Salah thing, Chelsea fans glowing about, you know, how they put the best of everything, because they, you know, they're just the most deluded group of people. It was basically, if you look at each position, what positions have Liverpool had better players than Chelsea? So I thought what I'd do is I'd do a combined 11 for Liverpool against Chelsea. And then I thought I'll probably expand that for other clubs as well and maybe do the other tops or big six clubs. So we'll start with Chelsea. Now, here's the thing. Chelsea have unquestionably had more great players than us over the course of the Premier League era. That's undeniable. That's why they've had a lot more success than us over the Premier League era. However, I think if you take purely based on talent and performance at the clubs that we're talking about, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, City and Spurs, I think if you put an all-time Premier League combined 11 together between Liverpool and any of those clubs... There is at least, at least six Liverpool players make that team if we don't put an emphasis on longevity. I think Alisson is the best goalkeeper that the Premier League has ever seen. I think Trent is the best right back that the Premier League has ever seen. Virgil is the best centre-back that I've ever seen. And I think... Pre-ACL Virgil might be the best centre-back to ever play the game. He's definitely the best Premier League centre-back of all time. Steven Gerrard is an obvious one. He's obviously getting in. Mo Salah's the best right-winger the league has seen. And Luis Suarez. If we take out longevity, Luis Suarez has to be in. Because the level he hit from January 2013 to May of 2014, I don't think anyone else has hit that level. So for me, those six are non-negotiable. So if we go Chelsea first, 
the other centre back spot, the right side centre back spot. Now, I'm going to do it by which side they played. So Virgil's in over John Terry, and John Terry isn't one of Chelsea's two best centre backs anyway. You've got Fabio Carvalho, you've got Marcel Desailly. Both of them played right side. I would say for Chelsea, Carvalho was the better of the two. Desailly is obviously the better player overall across their careers, but his best years came at Marseille and then Milan. So I'll go Carvalho. And the left back is going to be Ashley Cole. The holding midfielder. You've got Mascherano, Fabinho, and Didi Haman from our side. You've got Makaleli. Nemanja Matic I think they're the two from them from a, as a holding midfielder and I think I'd take Mascherano over Makaleli. I think Makaleli was very very good but I do think he's become overrated like this idea that it's the Makaleli role it's just horseshit now in the other midfield role which were terming the Ginny Wijnaldum role and putting N'Golo Kante. <laughs> and left wing, you've got Hazard, Aryan Robin, Florent Maluda, And from our side, you've got Sadio and you've got Steve McManaman. And for me, the pick is McManaman. Because for multiple years, Steve McManaman was the best player in England. And he carried a really bad Liverpool team. Now, I know that's quite heavy Liverpool. There's three Chelsea players. Our issue was never individual talent. Our issue was not having enough of it. Like, if you look at that team, yes, Ali, Trent and Virgil and Mo played together. But Gerard didn't play with any of them. And McManaman only overlapped Gerard by a very, very brief period of time. And then Suarez and Gerard overlapped, but it's the end of Gerard. It's, it's not the Gerard you would want. You'd want 01 to 09 Gerard, who doesn't overlap with McManaman and doesn't overlap with Suarez. But I'm very happy with that team. We'll do Arsenal next. So, Adams and Campbell are the two best centre-backs other than Virgil. They did both play left side primarily. Martin Keown was the best right side centre-back Arsenal have had in the Premier League. I think I'm just going to move Saul Campbell. We'll go Campbell, because he did play right side at times. We'll go Campbell and Virgil. Uh, Left back will again be Ashley Cole. Now, holding midfield is going to be Gilberto Silva. 
the Ginny role will be Vieira, but he's going to expand it, obviously, and do do madness. And left wing, it's going to be Thierry Henry. He gets in. I know he predominantly played through the middle, but he always went left side. So it's going to be Henry. So I think that's a fair balance. Now, again, they've had more great Premier League players than we have. Though not by a huge amount in terms of, with regards to them. Chelsea, I would say it was a significant gulf. Arsenal, I don't think it's all that significant. Remember, Arsenal have only been successful in the Premier League under Wenger for seven years. And the rest of it, they've been fairly poor. Uh, City. Company. Andy Robertson is better than any left back they've had. So Andy Robertson gets in. Holding midfield, it's Rodri. We're going to change the midfield slightly because it has to be Kevin De Bruyne. And on the left wing, we're going to put David Silva. Spurs. Ledley King is an obvious one. Left back will again be Andy Robertson. Holding midfield will again be Mascherano. That second midfield role. In the spirit of KDB, I'm going to put Luka Modric... And left wing, I'm going to go Gareth Bale. So Spurs get three. But we have been better than Spurs over the majority of the Premier League. And then United. So Yapstam is obvious. It has to be Yapstam. It has to be. If you take longevity out of it, he's the second best centre-back the Premier League has seen. Well, maybe third, but he's in the top three anyway. It's Virgil, and then it's Stam or McGrath. McGrath was a better defender. Stam had more physical presence and better pace. But either way, uh, it's Yap Stam. Left back will be Dennis Irwin. Holding midfield is Roy Keane. The other midfield slot is interesting. Doesn't suit Michael Carrick. It's Paul Scholes. And left wing will put Cristiano. And again, they have had much, much more individual talent across the years than us. But the ones we've had have just been really, really special. They haven't had a better goalkeeper than Alisson. They haven't had a better right back than Trent. They haven't had a midfielder like Gerrard. Now, Keane and Scholes were incredible. That midfield would have incredible balance. You'd just slot Keane and Scholes a double pivot and play Gerrard in front of them. A Stam-Virgil centre-back pairing with Trent and Irwin as the full-backs is pretty perfect. Stam allowing Trent to go and do his thing. Irwin just being rock-solid on the left. 
that double pivot in front of that centre back pairing in front of Allison, and then Salah one side, Cristiano the other, and Suarez to the middle with Gerard behind. Like that's that's disgustingly good. Uh, Manager wise, Liverpool United it's Ferguson, Liverpool City it's Pep, Liverpool Arsenal. It's really close. In the Premier League, it's got to be Wenger. Liverpool Spurs is obviously Jürgen. Liverpool Chelsea. This will annoy people. It's Jose. Just is. It's the first iteration of Jose, not the second iteration. It's the special one. Now, you can say, oh, he spent all that money. He did, yeah, he did, absolutely. But he didn't spend a bunch of money at Porto and he won a European Cup there. At Inter, he was massively outspent by Barca and Real and others, including Bayern, including Juventus. And he still won a European Cup. Jose, up until up until that last season at Real Madrid, from... The first season at Porto to the last season at Real Madrid, to the second season at Real Madrid, we won the league. That run, I think that's the best manager we've ever seen. Genuinely. He's had this second career and he's still a good manager, but he's no longer the same force he was in that first period of time. Yeah. And you can make an argument for Klopp over Pep. You absolutely can. I know Pep has four league titles. But, I mean, if you want to talk about spending money. And the flagrant cheating as well. Yeah, yeah, you're taking Klopp, to be fair. Um, I'm going to leave that there and let people stew on that. Now, somebody asked me who... The the person who asked me to do this asked me for the best in each position. So, Alisson, best goalkeeper. If we're talking best fullback and we just get one, it's Dennis Irwin over Trent but I'm taking Trent over Ashley Cole because I think the gap between them on the ball is bigger than damn the hell is it though Ashley Cole was incredible defensively incredible Dennis Irwin and Ashley Cole are still the two best fullbacks the league has seen they just are Irwin is an all-rounder Cole is a lockdown defender Trent is the best on-ball fullback the game has ever seen. Any league, ever. Um, Virgil's the best centre-back, no matter what club it's up against. Holding midfield. Liverpool have had some really good ones, and Mascherano is magnificent, but Gilberto Silva, Rodri, and Roy Keane would all go ahead of him. Uh, Gerrard is Gerrard. There's nobody getting in over him. The other midfield role, it's it's going to be from the other clubs. Salan Suarez, no one's had better. We've always had, we always had great players. We just never had enough of them. And since it's an international break, I might, I might go position by position for maybe Wednesday, Thursday, because I'm not here tomorrow. So maybe Wednesday, Thursday, we'll break down each position and and go through like the best that we've had and just highlight where we were strong 
and then what positions we traditionally haven't been strong in. Um, so I might do goalkeeper in a back four Wednesday, midfield and attack on Thursday, and then Friday. Obviously, we'll be we'll be talking up the blue shite. Um, on to AnfieldIndex.com. Right back, more important than a new centre back. Um, I would love to see us change the shape and go to a four, a back four with a box midfield and two up front. Because I think we're one, we're two players shy of whatever shape we want to get, we want to maximise. I think that shape would suit more players and I think you can minimize the decline of Robertson better in that shape than you can the the three box three. If you move Trent into that playmaking deep line deep lying playmaker role, you need a ball winner to go next to him. That's just it's non negotiable. You need that defensive midfielder. Then you play Dominic and Alexis as the two more advanced midfielders who drop wide out of position, out of possession. Basically, Alexis's role for Argentina. Um, then Dominic on the right just doing the same thing. You could swap them either. Alexis on the right, Dominic on the left might work a little bit better. Mo and Darwin up front. You still have Diaz, so you can still play one and one. You could play Dominic wide on the ro- wide right, but tucked in. And Diaz high and wide in the left, so you could get that 4-4-2 look. You could play Trent high and wide on the right or, or wide on the right and Diaz high and wide on the left and push Dominic up behind Darwin if Mo needed to rest and bring Alexis back into centre midfield next to that ball winner. He could do that. You'd have Cody and Jota, obviously, his depth up front. Virgil, Ibu. Joe Gomez at right back. Ideally, I'd want to upgrade that long term. Well, actually, next summer. And do the same thing at left back, upgrade on Andy Robertson. That's three players we'd need. I don't think that's bad. Um, yeah, I, I would I would be very much in favour of that. Anyway, uh, FSG need the Max Eberl a must. Um, there is rumours, there are rumours that Max Eberl is a target for Liverpool. Uh, bad News Pierce, who is about as credible as um, Donald Trump has said that it's been denied by those senior Anfield sources that he likes to refer to. Um, It's been reported by pretty reliable people out of Germany that we do have strong interest that we have spoken to him. Um, the, The rumor is that we want him to be a sporting CEO and run the entire football side of things. So not just come in as a sporting director. He would come in above Jürgen. He might appoint his own sporting director or more likely technical director to work on a level with Jürgen, and he would oversee the whole thing. It's also the role that Bayern seemed to be offering him. Now, with Liverpool, he would get less interference from above and more input below, because at Bayern... Christoph Freund is already in situ and he has been given a mandate for what his role is. Ebro's role at that club would be quite small. At Liverpool, it would be significant. Uh, there's a piece about Costa Simicus, a piece about Curtis Jones. 
a piece about Andre. Um, Podcast-wise, that's what I meant to say. There is the new Scouts are Tommies, and there is a Premier League Nations 11 version of Scouted. So myself and Carl went through Brazil, France, Spain, and the Netherlands and picked the best 11 from each country to have played in the Premier League. Uh, Today, I believe, we're going to record... We're going to record... Let me see. Hang on. What's he saying? We're doing this live. Okay. um, We're going to record Everton today. Yeah. Him and Guy are going to record something else tomorrow because I'm not around. And then Carl's away. He's going to Spain. Uh, He claims it's for work purposes. I choose not to believe him. Um, We'll record Everton today. It'll be out later in the week, but the one they record tomorrow is going to come out pretty much straight away. And they'll probably record it live as well, so you can listen in if you are an Anfield Index Pro subscriber. And that's it. That's all I have for today. I think that's been quite long, so uh, I apologize for rambling, and I'll see you all on Wednesday. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.